In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. You're going to have this ability to now reframe. Allow yourself time throughout the day to stress the fuck out. The thoughts and the feelings and the behavior cycle can start changing. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this conversation because if you have ever tried to lose weight or are trying to lose weight, like this is the conversation that needs to be had. Uh, Dr. Beverly David is joining me today. She's a clinical psychologist. She's also a sleep researcher, which that's a whole conversation for a whole other day, which no doubt ties into weight loss as well. But this is the conversation that needs to be had in a conversation that is missing in the diet industry. Everyone talks about eat less, exercise more. That's that's not what sustainable weight loss is about. Here with the Livy Method, we talk about how it's so much more than what you are eating and when. And we got you covered with that. We got like a 91-day guided process. More than that, it is about working through the issues and associations you've tied in and around food. It's about working through old habits while you're trying to create new ones. It's about busting through those beliefs and for some people past traumas. And this is a huge, massive, but super important conversation. Dr. Beverly, hi. <laughs> Bless Hello, you Jim. for joining us. <laughs> I've got having this conversation, my goodness. So why don't you just do a quick uh, introduction because we have 30, 31,000 people joining us in a group uh, this fall and many of them are new to you. So how about a quick hello and hi? Oh, wow. I didn't think to prepare for that bit. Well, hello and hi. I am Beverly. I'm a, as you said, clinical psychologist. Um, I did my psychology, my master's in health psychology, and then two PhDs, a PhD in sleep and then a PhD, a doctorate in clinical psychology. And now I'm here in Canada and I, I am the director of your psychology center where I help children, adolescents, adults, and, and people through the lifespan with clinical presentations. Um, so that can be anything you can imagine, depression, anxiety, self-esteem, confidence, separation, anxiety, the whole gamut of just helping people navigate a very tricky, tricky world, really. Um, and so, yeah, I'm here to help, I suppose, answer questions you have. And like you said, understand how we build habits when we have hopes to change habits and why sometimes we get in our own way or our pasts get in our way. So um, thank you for letting me come on and, and be part of this. Oh my goodness. Thank you. And you're also a Livy loser yourself. You've done the program. You're familiar with the program. I am just sitting here thinking before we get into it, and this is why I love our guests, because, you know, a lot of times people don't have access to 
guests like yourself, like doctors like yourself, they, that whether it's like just, you know, they're on a wait list or maybe financially or for whatever reason, they don't have access to sit down with an with a, a psychologist like yourself and have this kind of conversation. So let's just touch on quickly how beneficial it would be for someone to seek out therapy while working through a program and process like this. I would imagine just beyond dieting, reaching any goal or trying to accomplish anything. But, um, you know, like people who have hormone issues, we suggest, you know, go see an endocrinologist. If you're doing the program, you have health issues, work hand in hand with your healthcare provider. So people are always thinking physically, but I think they're, they're missing that mental part of it. So maybe you can just touch on that real quick before we get into it. I think ultimately, I wish everybody could have access to psychology. And mm. I'm glad it's coming into schools earlier, because you mm. talk about our body, and we, we have to know that at the top of the body is the brain, and the yeah. brain is in charge. And that's the computer. And that's what psychologists look at. Firstly, the developing brain and how that message system is telling the body how to do how well can it do you know does it have to be in fight mode does it have to be in flight mode or does it have to be in freeze mode and so with psychology anybody that's coming through my door that's what i'm asking them first of all is what's their goal why why are they coming now is something in the way do they want to change something have they noticed something that keeps coming up and they're ready to sort of address the whys um, and when we understand the whys, we can understand how maybe to do things differently. And so the first thing I would teach people in psychology is a, a bit about that cognitive behavioral therapy loop that just reminds us that we are our thoughts, we are our feelings, we do our behaviors um, to self-soothe and to get ourselves out of trouble or to hide, hide things, so those behaviors, and then our body is telling us you know how how are we and the body holds the score you know we we all know what it feels like when we're nervous we all know what it feels like to feel shame we all know what it feels like to feel guilt and and fear yeah. and that's our body signaling to us um so psychology is good for addressing all of that all human behaviors and it really factors into weight loss because I, I mean, I don't want to sidetrack the conversation, but we were recently at the Canadian Obesity Summit. And uh, these are the, the, the best and brightest minds in obesity research. And one of the things they were just starting to talk touch on was cognitive behavioral therapy. They were talking like, you know, people are following diets, they're taking medications, but a big part of it was that sort of mental part. And they were also talking about how the body is so wired and gets kind of stuck with mm. where it's at going back to what it what it knows but they're also talking about neuroplasticity and how your your brain is meant to change and you are meant to change and evolve it's just most people don't know what to do or don't put enough time into making the changes that they need to make so this is like a rabbit hole of a conversation i'm sure and so yeah. today i've got a list of things i want to talk about the fact that people are so excited to start and then they immediately become so fearful um they start mm -hmm. to sabotage themselves they're unsure they're there's a lot of big feels that come with it when they actually start, you know, doing the work they need to do. I want to talk about people who started dieting when they're 12 years old and they've been mm. dieting ever since. I want to talk about, you know, what it does to you when you've been so successful losing so many times and then you gain it back 
plus more so many times. I want to talk about what it really means when we talk about past traumas that you need to work through when it comes to making the changes you need to make. So that's a lot. So where do we start? <laughs> So you talk about, you've signed up for this weight loss program, which is, which is amazing, right? Like mm -hmm. lots of resources, the what to eat and when is covered. I've done that work for people, right? They're excited to start and then they start and then they just have all of these feels. They're nervous. Mm -hmm. They're fearful. They feel like they've already failed. They're putting all this pressure on themselves. Like how do they get in the right frame of mind to even continue to show up every day and follow through? Just that. Okay. Well, if if we plant it onto a CBT model, and for your for your listening listeners and your viewers, think of I always put thoughts at the top, twelve o'clock of the clock. I put feelings at the three o'clock of the clock. So, um, uh, six o'clock of behaviors, and then the body's on the left, nine o'clock of the clock. Now they've already done a behavior, a brand new behavior. They have signed up. They've committed. They've said, yes, I'm going to start this 91 day program. They are feeling at the three o'clock, all sorts of feels that you just said, excitement, anticipation, motivation. Um, they also might be feeling fear, anxiety. Now we go to the thoughts at the top. What is creating those feelings? We wanna try and catch thoughts. Thoughts are hard to catch, but that's what we want to try and do. Why are the feelings coming? They are driven by the thoughts is what if I fail? What if I can't turn up? What if I can't make the lives? What if I don't lose anything? Um, what if people find out I want to diet? What is my partner going to think? You know, um, is this a waste of money? Am I going to do it again? I'm all, I always fail. I wonder if I'll get through the second week. You know, thoughts are what drive that, that feeling. But the behavior has happened and we want to harness that and be excited and proud of ourselves. Now, it's a little bit like New Year's resolutions. We get into New Year and we make these big, grand I am statements. I am going to be this, I'm going to do that. And sometimes we just set the bar too high. And the British Journal of Health Psychology found that most people do better in, in health programs, whether it's diet programs, fitness programs, wellness programs, when they set modest expectations. It's, it's 91 days for a reason. It's not a quick fix, it's learning. It's learning from the inside out. And you are addressing those thoughts. Am I, am I worth this? Uh, what do I measure my value on? You know, and so we want to be slow and steady instead of thinking I'm gonna do it this quick, I'm gonna lose all of this weight in week one. If we, if we set the bar there, we're going to feel like we failed and not see it through and not learn those behaviors that are gonna help us succeed, to think about things differently, to feel about things differently and do things differently. Because if people are constantly doing things that aren't working, want to do something different, but we want to be gentle with ourselves. That's that's the, my, my message will be constant whenever I speak to you, lovelies Gina, it's we have to start with kindness. Um, and that's that's where we are today. We're going to begin with kindness so that those people who have lost and gained and lost and gained, it's okay. We're here now. It's a new start. I, I think that's really big because it's it's all 
all the feelings that you're having, it's, I wish I could help people truly understand how it is really all part of not just weight loss, but losing your weight in a sustainable way. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, people, they sign up because they, they hear that it's different and then they get a little freaked out that it's different. Yeah. Right. And so how do people like, what are tips for, what, what are tips for embracing that? Like, is it just kind of like, cause I always say progress over perfection, but mm. there's not a lot of feeling in that. But when you talk about kindness, it kind of softens, you know, it kind of takes away that pressure. So yeah. how would someone like, like, do you have tips for that? It's, it's spending time on yourself, you know, and realizing that that kindness is really important, you know, and, mm. and when we demand too much, we're going to let ourselves down. And we shouldn't, mm. we shouldn't hold ourselves to that um, sort of unachievable thing that is going to lead to disappointment. And when we're disappointed, what are we going to do? We're going to stop. We're going to withdraw. We're going to not come into the Facebook group, not look at the app because we feel defeated. So yes. progress is just staying, staying involved, you know, one day at a time. Um, and learning all of those different things. I love it. You know, you're saying this is a do something different, Gina leaving method. It isn't deprivation. It isn't beating ourselves up. It's learning how to have a good relationship with food that sustains us and allows us to do our best in the day and allows us to have a good relationship with ourselves. You know, this is our body. This is our vessel. It's getting us around and about. And we don't want to beat up, beat it up. We want to celebrate it and allow it to reach its potential healthiness. You know, we like you always say, we don't want to carry excess weight around. Um, no. But we have uh, unfortunately had a, you know, history, a long history of diet fads that have actually put the body into sort of mistrust. If you're going to deprive me of food, I'm not going to trust it's coming. So I'm going to you know, compensate and store this. Um, and your night, your length of program shows that your body is starting to trust the process. It knows that fluids are coming. It knows that protein is coming. It knows that the fats are coming. It knows movement is coming and it knows that we're kind. So it starts trusting and allowing us to level up. That's what the routine is all about. It's like really building that trust and giving your body what it needs so you can trust when your body tells you when to eat, what to eat, and how much to eat after you are done losing the weight. But it's that mental part. So so let's break it down and simplify. I started this program. I'm, you know, I'm doing what Gina says, but maybe, you know, I indulge here and there. So I'm feeling ways about it. I get on the scale and I'm just, it's not what I want to see, even though we have so much time to lose a lot of weight and we haven't even started. And Gina says it's normal for the scale to go up for so many reasons that have nothing to do with weight gain or it's normal to go up before it drops. And yet, even though I know that I am funky mm -hmm. AF because the scale isn't down. So how do I move forward with that? How do I not like stay in that feels all day and feel like I'm failing. Cause that that's like, we talk about this all the time. Right. And I always say to people, you, you got so much time to lose weight. It's not about what happens in the first couple of days, you know, first couple of weeks, but so how do I deal? Like, that's like, everyone gets up, they see a number that they don't like and they get all pissy pants about it and they're funky for the rest <laughs> of the day or even, you know, for a week about it. So how do I deal with that? What do I do with that? 
It's it's interesting because at, at this stage, uh, still a lot of people are going to be looking for external evidence that yeah. something is happening and something is changing. Um, mm. And humans, we often, you know, we look for the, unfortunately, the pessimistic bits. We look for the things that aren't happening and we accidentally miss the things that are, you know, and that's yeah. because we were wired that way. We're on, we're on the lookout for danger. Um, and so we want to be looking more than just at the scale. And the, and the thing is, the world tells us so many things these days. You know, we are what we look like. We are what we earn. We are who we've married. You know, we are how many children we have. And these are external measures of worth. And we need to dig in. And this is the psychology part of it, is we are always worthy. Whatever the scale says, the scale is just a way of helping monitor their, their progress you know it doesn't say oh I'm not you know I am a failure we want to just say oh the, the scale is there it just is you know and then we keep on going and we start noticing what does a warm day to do to the scale what does um maybe not having enough water the day before do to the scale what does the um what what does getting cold do to the scale but not internal not a measure of self that just is it's not i am worthy or i am not depending on the on the number um so when we when our worth you know equals stuff like that it goes down it'll plummet you know um and you can think of it with all sorts of things if you think that you are only worthy if you're married what happens when we divorce we plummet you know if we think that we're only worthy if we have this salary and then we lose our job it plummets and we have to separate that. Um, everybody is beautiful and worthy just the way they are. And that's the starting point. But doing something different is just looking at the scale and thinking, okay, this is just information. It's nothing about my personality. I'm, you know, I'm still this, I'm still that, I'm still kind, or I'm still empathic, or I'm still joyful. It's just a number. Um and that, but that has come from our past schemas as well with the diet industry, the magazines, the movies that say you are beautiful if you look like this or you yeah. are successful if you look like that. We've got to sort of drop that and start thinking inside, how do we feel and look for those other wins, those non-scale victories. How, you know, did I sleep better tonight? Did I drink more water today? Did, did I turn up in a different yeah way today was that did I have more energy well that's what I love about you know not just setting your intentions each day but end of day reflections and taking time to be really proud of the fact that you are here today that you're listening mm -hmm. to this today that you are showing up that you are making great choices but those negative thoughts they come into our brain and mm -hmm. what do we do do we journal them out do we throw gratitude at ourselves do we say nice things when I start to notice my brain and I think a big part of that is how we're wired right mm -hmm. like like the habit of your brain and your thoughts, especially associated to trying to lose weight. So when those negative thoughts come in, what do we what do we do about those? Do we do we stuff them deep down inside and just be like, that's not true? Do I write it out? Do I counteract it with positivity? Like, well, how do I deal with that? Because that's that part of that neural trust neural neural plasticity in the brain where you can actually train your brain to to think more positively because we're so wired negatively especially with dieting so how do we change that yes how do we even we, know what's happening like is it we, is it am i just slow down 
it, it that's the thing we've got to slow down like what mm. you're talking about now is nuts um negative automatic thoughts now we have lots of them constantly you know we have over six thousand thoughts run through our mind in a day you know and it's natural that a lot of it will be self-assessment how am i doing because we want to be checking in but when our automatic thoughts are very um shameful i am this i am not good enough i am unworthy i am unlovable i am hopeless i am worthless that is going to lead to depression and anxiety and poor health when yeah. we are able to catch them by thinking wow i am thinking really negatively if i stuck post-its all over me with all of the negative thoughts i say to myself people would be mortified you know so yeah. Whenever I talk about this, I begin with the brain and you know how I talk about the brain, Gina. So our brain is developing when we're in our mummy's tummy. We've got the, the base, then the fire alarm tucks in in the middle, and then the clever brain starts developing over the top of it. Now, this is the thinking brain that as we develop starts, you know, creating language and impulse control and um, planning and, and pivoting and things like that. But this fire alarm, this... um you know, very, very primitive part of the brain is going to trigger if we're ever in threat. And we don't have saber-toothed tigers anymore, but our threats are what we say to ourselves. And a lot of these, unfortunately, have come from what we have heard in our past, how people have treated us, you know, you're not good enough, you know, you need to be better. So it, there, there is a lot of history in how we have formed our narrative so that's narrative psychology, the words we use about ourselves. I'm so stupid. I'm a failure. I'm never going to make it. They've come from somewhere, whether it's parents, whether it's family, whether it's teachers, whether it's coaches, whether it's movies or books. But if we are able to slow down and notice, then we might have a chance of not triggering the brain into fight or flight. Because what we want to say is, ah, oh, interesting where did this belief just come from that i am not good enough and then that might be what we start journaling you know why where did that come from would i say that to my child you know if they came home and said oh i didn't do very well today i'm a failure i got 70 percent. are they a failure they're not a failure and so we want to remember all of those good parenting or good enough is what we say and give it back to ourselves be kind be patient with ourselves and and speak to ourselves as if we would be speaking to somebody we love. And we don't. We, we are very brutal with ourselves. And that sets our brain into the fight, flight and faint mode, which then creates too much cortisol, too much adrenaline. And then we can't make good decisions. Then we're in just a, a fog. And we need decision making to be able to make these different choices that you're teaching us how to make. You know, when we're in a state of anxiety or, or stress or um, fear, we're going to make poor choices because our front brain is not working as well. Well, this is where I say when you get up on that scale and pretend your best friend was beside you or your child and the things that you are saying to yourself, you would never say to someone else. Right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm also as you're talking about this, I'm, I'm just thinking about 
you know, look at me, I'm all stressed out now because I'm thinking about all the people who've been dieting at such a young age and, mm. and the rewarding sort of dialogue that comes with losing weight. Oh, you look amazing. And you look this, like I do that here because I know people are also losing weight in the healthiest of ways, right? When we see, and we yeah. show people's photos and they're glowing and they're amazing. But you know, when you've come off starving and depriving yourself and you're rewarded with, you look amazing, or you get that Weight Watchers lifetime membership pin or whatever. And I mean, we've talked to people who went to Weight Watchers when they were 12, were successful at losing weight, you know, gained it back, of course. And then, you know, at, at the age of 13, got their pin taken away, like in a room full of people. Like, I'm just thinking, like, when we truly talk about how traumatic dieting has been to people, like, it just, it goes so far back and so deep. Mm -hmm. And so where do you, like, how do you even get to, like, I'm thinking this program is different, but how do you get to trust that? Also, how do you just keep moving forward when you're bringing that baggage, for lack of a better word, with you? <laughs> I was saying it, I was like, man, we're going to need six hours for this conversation. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com We, we, we always, I think we've got to be mindful of our past. Yes. But now we are in the present and um, in our, in our next few um, uh, talks, we'll be talking more about how I would help somebody formulate what's gone on in the past. Um, okay. But yes, people, children, because they're children, children that are starting diets that early are, you know, They've subscribed, haven't they, to the idea of, you know, this is success or this is going to make me likable or this is going to make me have friends. And you're absolutely right. We were all guilty of saying, oh, my goodness, don't you look beautiful or, or wow, you look great. And and the world is trying to change to be saying different things like, you know, oh, I just I love how happy you are. Or, I love your you've got such a twinkle in your eye or wow, you've yeah. just got, you know, just to try and avoid just always um celebrating physical attributes but other bits you know i love how much you know how you keep going or um but that starting so early your body will have thought what's going on you know to to deprive ourselves is it's going to learn very quickly that this means famine and if our body feels like famine is going to happen it's going to activate very quickly to keep us safe our body is so well tuned to try and get you back into a very nice balance a homeostasis so incredible 
you know our temperature never really moves very much our it, it's so highly tuned that when it senses something's off it's going to to do something to get it back and so slow and steady is important so that it can adjust it can recalibrate it can know what's going on at the same time as not hearing those negative thoughts you know i must be this i must be that i you know i'm a failure if i'm not because that's not going to help you know those thoughts about ourselves are going to lead to sabotage because we can't do it you know we're going to have up and down days we're going to it is going to be hard you know and that it's worth it you know it, our health is worth it you everybody is worth it and that's the thing i think that's secret and and we've got to call it sort of a bully in our brain that says you're not going to manage this got to call it out we've got to notice it and say hang on a minute i'm trying something different and i'm trying it for me not trying it for other people not doing it for what other people say to me i'm doing it for me um but this is a big subject you know it's um you know, and you talk about trauma, lots of people talk about trauma and, you know, people will talk about the big T traumas, you know, um, which you can imagine what they are, their death, their rape, their, their war, it's terrible, big T traumas. And then there's many small traumas, small T traumas. And if people are interested, the way that people have realized what trauma does um, is that there's something called the, the ACE study, the Adverse Childhood Experience um, Questionnaire. And that's what happens to you when you are a child matters. It influences what you are then when you are an adult. So over 17,000 adults did this questionnaire of listing what happened. And there's 10 things they're looking for. You know, were you physically, socially, emotionally abused? Were you neglected? Did you have a parent die? Did you have a parent in jail? Did you have a parent with mental illness? Was there violence in the family? The parent being addicted to something or divorce? Now, the more of these events, these, these experiences that somebody might say they've had, it adds up, it, it multiplies accumulatively. And then we see more physical ailments, more mental health, more addictions, more obesity, because the amount that's gone on there is, it's devastating to a, to a human. And what we think of small trauma, it, it isn't that bad things constantly have happened. It's that the good things didn't happen and they should have. And those good things are our emotional needs being met. Having attention from a parent that loves us. Acceptance, unconditional acceptance, being seen, being heard and being free to feel. To be able to have a tantrum, to be able to have an emotional breakdown because the children aren't playing with you at school and having a responsive, containing, lovely parent that says, I'm with you, is what we need. And that's what we need to do with ourselves now. When we have a bad day, we have to be with ourselves. We have to meet our emotional needs. We need to pay ourselves attention. We need to love and accept ourselves. And we need to be free to feel, even in the disappointments, even in the, you know, highs and lows because that's what's going to predict success in any any part of life whether it's diet relationships happiness it's it's inside so i'm listening to you talk about all of this and i'm also at the same time visualizing all the ways people are using food to cope absolutely 
So and it's it's, like... it's primal, isn't it? Food is what we first have when we're born. You know, we have the comfort of, uh, this is sort of psychological speak, but we have the comfort of our mum's breast, whether we breastfeed or bottle feed, but that's what we call it, the comfort of skin on skin, if we're able to do that. Hospitals are better now if we're not able to do that, to mimic that feeling of safety. And then very quickly, it's nourishment, you know, whether it's giving milk, giving giving that baby that sense of here I am. The sucking motion is soothing and it produces oxytocin and connection. And it's the first part of communication. If you watch a baby suckling, bottle or breast, you'll watch them suck. And when they stop, you'll often speak. Have you finished? And they pause and then they suck again. And then you'll say, I, is your belly full? So this is first communication, give and take, turn taking. So that's, I am creating a world where people matter and I matter. These people are making me feel worthy. They're attending to my needs. And so food came very quickly, you know, that feeling of fullness and um, yeah. comfort and I am safe. And then, yes, if we then follow children that have not had their needs met, we're going to work out how to meet our own needs. We're going to try and survive. We're very, very resilient. And that's what I say to people that turn up in my office. Whatever has happened to them, big T's or little T's, they're in my office. That's incredible. They're resilient. Yeah. They've turned up. They are here. They're, they're in your program. And so then we go back and say, what do, when did you learn this about yourself that you were unlovable or weren't worthy? Because you were worthy regardless. If someone mm. told you, you were, you were worthy always. And so if we're able to think, well, what were they doing when they were sad? You know, how were they self-soothing? Often it's that we seek out food. Often yeah. it's that we seek out something warm and cozy, a hug in a mug, a hot chocolate. Because it makes us feel nourished and looked after, you know, and and that's where we learn it, you know. And food is not the enemy. It's not. It's just we've got to start noticing how do we use it? When do we use it? Why did we use it? And we use it for so many things to provide comfort. Here, I brought you this casserole to, you know, celebrate, you know, oh, yeah. well, let's go for a nice dinner to show love, to bond over to so many things. And I think that's one of the reasons why trying to lose weight is so complicated because you have to like, you have to reconnect with not just yourself, but food really in a whole other way. When I used to work with clients, personal clients, I would sit down and I'd be like, okay, tell me your story. Like, you know, did you have a weight issue when you were young? You know, when did you start, you know, when did you remember feeling uncomfortable or remember that weight starting? And it's always tied to something. And it, it's not through, it's not until we have the conversation that, well, they gained their weight when this person passed away. They gained their weight when they started working or they lost their job or they gained, like everyone has a story. So do you think it's a great idea for people or a helpful way for people to work through or to figure out where they're at and where they need to go and what they need to work through if they go back and map sort of their weight loss specific story, like where it started, things that were happening in their lives, like... How do we kind of recognize the, how do we recognize the past trauma that we've been through specifically tied into our weight gain, weight loss journey? 
if somebody feels safe to because of course this is hard work you know it's very mm. vulnerable uh yeah. it's it's people are going to sometimes be scared maybe that's even why people think oh don't want to do this program because it's too deep i don't want to go yeah. there but actually that's where it is you know that's where the doing something different is um so if somebody feels in a good place or supported or maybe they do have somebody they can talk to where you might start is you might catch that thought about yourself that like you might look in the mirror and catch a thought you're just not good enough you might say that to yourself and then as a psychologist or if you're doing your past like um a river of life where you'll see the peaks and troughs of when and why and how um yeah. then you might be able to what we call is float back float back in time and think can you remember an earlier time when you said that to yourself or thought that about yourself and you might remember suddenly being there at the gymnasium and thinking it and then i might say okay can you go back further and they might say yeah i remember like i was you know i was a flower girl and it was when i was walking down the aisle they were looking at my sister instead of me so then that might do so and then we might catch the what did you think about yourself because it's often a thought about us i'm not good enough so often it comes to that internal fear of because if we're not good enough that's going to threaten the brain because we have to be good enough otherwise we think that we're not going to survive because we have to survive in groups and communities so then we would say what would you like to replace that with what would you say if you could go back to the little you and say to that little little you walking down the aisle and you would probably kneel down and say you are good enough regardless you are yeah. lo lovable regard of it because that's what you needed to have hear back then and then we we practice that that's the positive affirmations every day but we have to find one that is aligns with ourselves i can't tell people you know that if, uh, you know i am safe regardless if they weren't safe when they were home when they were young and if they were getting hurt what i would say is i did what i could regardless i used my tools regard and that's what i might say to somebody that didn't have nurturing and needed to eat and needed to eat the crisps and eat whatever was in the cupboard and has now got a different relationship with food you did what you needed to do you know yeah. that that was surviving but it doesn't mean you have to do do it now these old survival things that our brain was so good at getting us through aren't needed now now we can do it differently we don't have to raid the cupboard secretly anymore because now we're, we're here now we have agency now we can do it differently but when we do do it when we do find ourselves going to the cupboard in the dead of night we still want to be kind to that version of us because it's still us it's our little us that doesn't want to get caught eating the crisps and we want to say hey did you have a bad day let's sit through this let's talk let's you know narrate it journal it let's talk about it but let's be kind someone asked can you reverse past trauma is there reversing it or it's just kind of like working through it is it always going to be there how would someone know if they're making how would someone know if they're if if they're experiencing past traumas like we we've had so many stories with people who to your point have signed up done the program and then just for whatever reason they stop following but then they come back and they're just like okay i'm ready now and I, and i'm always like think back at why you quit did you 
Were you struggling with something that maybe you didn't want to go there? And we hear that a lot from people. They're just like, I, I wasn't ready. I like, I wanted to lose the weight, but I didn't want to go where I needed to go in order to do the things that I, that, that I, that I needed to do. You know, we, we hear that a lot with people. So can we reverse it? Is there hope for us, Dr. Beverly? I, I know yeah. there's some people thinking, oh, I'm fucked. I'm just might as well. It's ain't, ah, there's a, absolutely hope. Absolutely. Like okay. you've spoken about it. Neuroplasticity. The brain is so adaptable. Mm. It can change we can re we can make we can form new attachments attachments where it all came from where we attach to at these caregivers we can be kind to ourselves and change the story we can rewire positivity and happiness and we we're being realistic we're gonna have bad days you know but it's how then we view them you know because we it doesn't mean we are, are worth worthless but we can't change the past we can just change the power it has over us now what we would see is that if we think about something if we let ourselves and we might we might set aside a time of day to allow ourselves to think about things that trigger us that have that physiological arousal happen you know maybe we've had an argument with a neighbor and we don't like to think about it but maybe we give ourselves time to think about it you will notice stuff in your body you will notice maybe butterflies or heart palpitations, or you might get warm. Now, when you have processed a, a trauma or you're processing, that starts to pass. It starts to not trigger us as much. It's like when a divorce is fresh and maybe we're really angry and the story is he did this or she did that. And then years pass and our, our memory should allow things to soften. Post-traumatic stress is when our memory locks in and it relives it like it's happening right now. When we yes. see memory working effectively, it softens and it becomes more balanced. So we need to help people that are in post-traumatic stress manage this as well by safely thinking through the trauma and safely allowing it to be processed. Is it fair or flippant to say that people can have PTSD from dieting, having lost the weight and then what feels like getting it all back uncontrollably? Like, Whew. well, there's, there's certain certain things that have to be hit. Here is the here's the diagnostics manual that has to be hit for it's something to be specifically post-traumatic stress and yes, it would okay. you know and so we may we would have to look we'd have to map that onto uh, are there enough symptoms you know of instant fear in like um nightmares intrusive thoughts things like that but it would be it would be looking at it and it would also be looking at maybe maybe it was something before that actually that contributed maybe something that when you were younger or you've forgotten about or something bad happened to you then made you just uh, you know started the dieting and then when you failed that then re-triggered something about your body or your lack of control over your body or people being in charge of your body, wherever the post-traumatic stress might be, there might be something else there. I would be, I liked your question, is it fair or flippant? I'd say we'd be careful. We, I would be very, I'd be 
looking at it very carefully and gathering a lot of um, information. Um, but what people, I, I think, probably are meaning, they're trying to articulate this, this is a bit, it, it, I start a diet and I feel feelings and I'm overwhelmed. So that overwhelm is a, is a horrible feeling um, of, am I on this roller coaster again? Am I going to fail? Um, and, and to your point, when people have, have come and then they've withdrawn and then they come back, I think, unfortunately, like we said at the beginning, people are maybe thinking in all or nothings. If I'm going to fail this, I'm not going to do it. But it's not yeah. about failing. It's just about doing. You know, it's just about one foot in front of the other. You know, it's it's just... You know, many of us would probably say, no, I'm going to fail to do that Ironman. But if we just start, we've started and it can take everybody a different amount of time. You know, um, even students that I help at university, they're all in a rush, you know, to finish. And I'm like, there's no rush. You know, you can it just you can just take your time. There's a lifetime of learning, you know, Um and so probably people think that they think, oh, gosh, a wedding's coming up or my parents are moving over. The it's not time. It's not time. I can't do it right. But just you can. It's just do it because that's what's wonderful about your program as well. Not only are we um, reestablishing positive relationships with food, we're also allowing it to move around our world because our world is like an ocean. There's going to be waves. There's, we're going to be knocked off our, our surfboard. But it allows for that. It allows us to ebb and flow and, you know, duck and weave. Um, and that's real, you know, because we can't all just have this and this and this and this and this and measure this many micro thingies. And that that's impossible. So yeah. if we could learn to actually eat in a real world where, you know, we have celebrations, we have disappointments, we have grief, we have losses, we have wins. Wonderful. You know, that's going to be sustainable because it's real. Well, that I mean, you have to have real conversations and, you know, people are dealing with some real big things, whether it's just the big feels in general that you're dealing with or, you know, I, I think, you know, I think we need to normalize the big feels that you're going to feel throughout the next you know, however many days we have left of this probe in the next few months. And then when it comes to past traumas, it could be, it's deeper, right? Like if you're, it could go really deeper. And I think you, you have to turn up all the, the volume on all of it. And I mean, we just scratched the surface. I don't even, I don't even know that we, I think we, I don't even know that we scratched the surface. I think that this is such a big conversation, but I think I want the takeaway for people to, who are listening to really understand that it's one thing to lose your weight physically in a healthy way. And the program does that in a really systematic way. Healthy, nutrient-rich foods, being in tune to your body's needs, giving your body time to physically make the changes that it needs to make. But this mental part of it, this is the conversation that people are not having with dieting. And this is the conversation you need to have when you are really looking to lose your weight in a sustainable, healthy way, not just physically, but also mentally. I, You're going to be back. I mean, I, I think you could come every day and we could have something to talk about. <laughs> I'd love it. Um, it's very emotional. It's a fair, I don't know why I'm so emotional today talking about it. But it is really emotional because it's it is hard to think back to people, you know. But but if we can do it carefully, people can can just 
be kind to themselves, you know. So I'm sure yeah. a lot of people will will be thinking about this and worrying about it. But be kind, you know, to the stories that you tell yourselves and be just just maybe just be curious, you know. Um, yeah, well, we brought it to the surface and that's what this conversation is about. We've, we brought it to the surface. We're bringing a sense of awareness. So if people are feeling any kind of ways, I want you to know it's normal. And we're going to talk more about it because you're going to be back. You're going to be sharing tips. You're going to help people move through all of this. But I know at the same time, they're going to ask me, where can they find you? So where can they find you? <laughs> You, this is you always ask and then I forget so you definitely go to my website because that's the bit I know yourpsychologycenter.ca um okay. groups will be opening soon for any extra bits and then Instagram I think you already have that on your thing because I think it's Dr Dr Beverly M David but that's I think yeah. you have that um okay but yes it's it's a takeaway let me think Tell the takeaway for today, everybody should learn the stop, S-T-O-P. So stop okay. is stop, take a breath. Because if we take a breath, our brain doesn't think we're under siege. There's no fire alarm. The brain relaxes a little bit. The breath is important. Oh, observe what's going on. And then think, okay, am I in my bully brain? Am I all or nothing? Am I, have I already lost before I've begun? Observe what's going on. Is this maybe from my past? Should I write it down? And then P, practice what works and, and possibly even progressive relaxation. Practice what works might mean make a cup of tea, sit down, have a think about it, go for a walk, do some yoga, run yourself a bath, run the dog, but stop it. Because if we can stop, our brain goes, huh, something is different here. They're not going straight to defeated. They're not going straight to self-loathing. They're doing something. And that's the beginning of rewiring. It's just doing something very small that makes your brain go, oh, what's going on? And that's the start of those that neuroplasticity. Yeah, I feel it coming. That's the start of change. And that's where you're going to start to feel hopeful. And then you're just going to build on that and build on that oh dr beverly you are a whole vibe i am already looking forward to our next conversation i'm making notes i'm making <laughs> notes already thank you so much for um honestly so great grateful that you take your time to come and share your your you know immense knowledge with us and and bigger than that i know you are here because you actually care so thank you thank you thank you thank you very much tina i'll oh. see you in a couple of weeks and <laughs> see you then. Thanks everyone for joining us. Have an amazing day. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. 
Shopify.com slash work.